Hey, you're listening to Books Over Looks. I'm Ratita Thug. Hi, so welcome to the very first episode of Books Over Looks. I frankly don't know how any of this works, but I'm just gonna wing it. Okay, so today I want to discuss about Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Um, John Green is a very, very prominent author. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of him from like The Fault in Our Stars or Paper Towns, which were both adapted to movies. Uh, he's, he's, he's super popular in YA, basically. Um, so Turtles All the Way Down is his fifth and latest solo work that was published in October 2017. So at this point, it's been almost two years. I read it like a month ago and I have loads and loads of thoughts that I want to talk about. So I decided, um, what a great way to talk about it on podcast. So, um, there are many things to start, but we're just gonna briefly talk about what the book is about for those who um, haven't heard uh, of the book. So the general premise or the general synopsis of the book follows our main character, Aza Holmes, a 16-year-old junior in high school, um, with her best friend Daisy as they try to investigate and take a closer look at the mysterious missing of a billionaire, who just so happens to be the father of uh, Aza's childhood friend, whose name is Davis. Um, so they, they are encouraged by the reward to find the uh, billionaire, to find clues. So along the way of finding, they encountered Davis. So like some reunion kind of happened there. Um, that's that's what generally what the book markets itself as. Like that's generally the synopsis that the book markets um, itself about. And for the most part, that is not really what the book is about. The real synopsis of this is actually um, a story as it follows. Our main character, Aza, and she suffers from two mental illnesses. She, she suffers from OCD, also known as obsessive compulsive disorder, and anxiety. And the this is the book is about basically her journey of suffering and struggling and dealing with these two things and how they affect uh, her life, her daily life, and the dynamics between her and the people around her. So that's what really the book is about. Um, overall, I give this book a four stars on Goodreads. Uh, um, I can offer you two reasons. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about the things that I like and not so like about this book. Basically giving you my overall thoughts without really going to any specifics or any details so that for those who still haven't read this book can still listen to this um, segment of the podcast. Okay, so again, I give this book four stars. I really enjoyed it. I liked it way more than Looking for Alaska, but a lot less than The Fort North Stars. Um, To me... I loved, like, there are two things that were really notable to me. Um, so I can offer you two reasons to read this book. The first one being the may, uh, the portrayal or the depiction of these mental illnesses. I think so far I've really never read anything that dives deep and, like, write thoughts, like, linguistically describe thoughts so, um, like, intense. Um, in such an intense way, like I've never 
um, in my life read such things. So that was so hard for me to read. But again, it was really, really interesting that um, John Green made it so apparent and made such uh, like made made it very, very descriptive for the readers to read because he's really trying to like um, make the readers understand what it's like for him and for the main character to be going through uh, OCD. John Green himself has OCD and he's been quite um, vocal about it. He made a YouTube video once explaining what OCD was like for him. I would highly, highly recommend checking the video out if you're interested. So that, that like that one, the first reason that I like about the book. I can't really speak on behalf of how realistic it was because I'm not someone who suffers from OCD. But from what I can tell is that, you know, um, from someone who doesn't struggle with OCD is that it felt really hard and um, insightful. It felt like the entire time I was reading someone having a panic attack. And that was incredibly insightful and profound for me to be understanding and witnessing that. So for that reason alone, you can totally pick this book up right now. But if you haven't, another reason that I really like John Green in general is that I love his writing style so much. It's incredibly like profound. It's so philosophical and it's so um, just I like it's so deep and i love that and many people might say that's like pretentious or it's not realistic for characters to speak like this like speak a certain way but for me i just i really really love that teenagers are like the his characters like teenagers are educated and they are wise and i love that about um john green but i totally get why many people wouldn't think so so that those are the two main reasons that I would encourage you to go and pick this book up. Um, first being the portrayal of mental illnesses and his writing style. So to be completely fair, I am also going to be speaking some things without going to specific um, details about like things, general things that I don't really like about this book so much and why it's not five star to me. To me, as much as I love um, the, you know, the mental aspect of this, the plot to me kind of felt a little bit like pointless. So that's why, like, it it played like a huge role in the beginning, but then it kind of just got resolved halfway. And I, I just, I'm not the biggest fan of like the finding of a billionaire thing. I'm not a fan of that at all. And that's kind of like why I have some... That's like why I kind of have some problems with the book. I feel like the plot um, of the, like the whole billionaire story just kind of gets gets thrown almost like it felt like that, and it felt like it's not like the plot is not really well crafted in my opinion. So that's that's a bummer. Another thing that I really was didn't really stood out to me was like some of the characters, I guess. Um. One character in particular that I'm not the biggest fan of is Daisy, our main character, our main character's best friend. Daisy had done some really unacceptable, unacceptable things in my opinion, and I just don't get how she kind of got away with it. She had, and she had also said some like 
things that just kind of drive me mad a little bit, like slightly. The I she never like faced any sort of consequence, so I'm kind of upset about that too. And um, yeah, so those the the hmm, those are my overall thoughts. I think you should really consider picking this book up, but. If you really do have the intention of picking this book up, I would like to warn you that there are parts in there times where it is really, really, really hard and really uncomfortable to read through. And I just like to warn you that if you do have the interest in reading this, just like just be aware of that. Be aware that it gets really intense. It gets really, really hard to read at times. Um, um, so yeah, other than that, um, I really enjoyed this book. I think it's a very pleasant read. And like I said, John Green, he's a profound man and he made some various points that I do like and that I'll be um, explaining and going uh, in more details later in the other part, in the other segment of this podcast. So yeah, that's all I have to say for the non-spoilery uh, section of this podcast. And if you already read this book, Um, You can continue listening. Bye. Bye, non-spoilery people. And that comes to an end of this spoiler-free overview. If you have yet to read this book, which I highly recommend, and you have the intention of doing so, then I would just recommend clicking off. Unless you don't mind being spoiled, then you're more than welcome to stay. So, on to the spoilery discussion segment of this podcast. I honestly don't know where to start because I've have, I have loads and loads of things to say. I'm like filled with thoughts right now. And um, I'm more than sure that I will not be able to cover everything and every single aspect in this book. But I'm going to try my best to just uh, touch on things that I felt I'm more qualified um, to touch on. So, I guess we can start with the characters. Um, Okay, I have this continuous pattern of not being able to distinguish John Green and his main character. Because you see so much of him present in the book. And it's really, really hard to do so. I don't think, personally, I don't think that John Green is that great in terms of establishing voices and personalities for the character. Um, So, I don't, yeah, I, I definitely think he... Uh, it could be better for sure um, for the character to have more like to you know to to be seen as individuals as living thinking feeling people um, so I think yeah I think th- in that sense it could be better um, a lot of people say that some of the characters are blunt or that they're kind of plain and which I could definitely see, but at the same time, I'm kind of conflicted because I do feel like this is so far the most um, realistic group of characters that I'd read by John Green. So, like, sure, some of the characters are not, like, well-developed. Um, uh, that's one thing, too, but in my opinion, I just find that to be, you know, realistic. No one in the entire universe can alter completely their perspectives and their personalities and themselves um, in such a short period of time. It's just, it's just not remotely plausible for someone to change that quickly. And, you know, that's just real life. That's how real life works. Um, but if we are, like, perceiving this book and thinking of, thinking of this book in a literary sense, then yeah, 
lacking of character development. But again, to me, I just see it as like a realistic depiction of life because like I stated, um, no one can change that fast. No, no just no one. Um, another thing that I can really uh, 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 kind of just like, I kind of see and kind of catch on, it's just my personal opinion, is that he kind of has a continuous pattern of like writing generic characters and like tropey characters. So we have the shy main character who's kind of like, um, really shy, doesn't have a lot of friends, and thinks a lot, but, you know, that's just, that's just, you know, that's just the character, and then we always, obviously, you know, have a more quirky and relatable, not really relatable, I don't want to say relatable, but definitely a more quirky, humorous, um, rebellious, and fierceless friend, so in this case, we have Daisy, who, um, yeah, I think that's just two things that exists a lot in John Green's books, but other than that, some of the characters weren't that, you know, they, so like, we have Davies, who wasn't much of a character, we have Daisy's, no, we have uh, Aza's mom, who's not much of a character either, and I think the dynamic between Aza's mom and herself is just kind of a little bit off, in my opinion, um, and then, okay, let me talk about the romance in this a little bit. I love the romantic dynamic. It's it's so realistic, and it ended so well, and it started well, and it ended well, um, which I can really appreciate, you know? I'm glad that romance was not, like, a super big part of this. Like, it's just something that happens, you know? It's just something that occurs, but it's not, like you know, the book is not entirely about romance and not about Davis and Aza. Um, so that is something I can really, really appreciate because, you know, we've been seeing, like, generic romance for, like, I don't know, in the past, in all of young adult liter- literature, pretty much. So I, I, I like this, actually. Another thing that I want to say is um, I like how John Green made a really good point about not associating one person with one thing. So in this case, we have Davis, who is, you know, the son of a very, very, very wealthy man. And basically, it was made, it was made clear in the beginning that Davis and wealth are synonymous. Like, when you think of Davis, you think of wealth. But then we, we kind of like, you know, he uh, managed, John Green managed to like, normalize Davies, a per- Davies as a person and not associating with so much of his wealth. Like, Davis, Davis after all, is just another human. He's, he's another teen. Um, oh, yeah, did I say that this was the most realistic group of people? Because I, I really, yeah, I think they, they really are because, you know, average teens, they, you know, they're average teens, and average teens have hobbies and interests, and they have flaws and they have friendships and they have issues and John Green in a way did kind of legitimize that so um in my opinion again so I can I can always appreciate that um okay what else do I have to say oh okay duh okay I have quite a bit of things to say on Daisy because I think Daisy as a character 
is not that great but i don't think she's the worst but i don't think i just don't think that she's that great of a best friend um she's that she's not that great of a friend um so daisy had made this comment saying to someone who had suffered well who suffers from mental mental illnesses and so she had said to asa that you don't know a single thing about being poor I, first of all, mm, okay, okay, that's, that's kind of when the problem kind of comes in, so that is not okay to say to someone at all, you, I understand where she's coming from, like, I understand that she's trying to make Aza more appreciative of what she has, um, but the thing is, you can do that without A, minimizing someone's pain, and B, straight up mocking them, Another thing that she had was like something along the line of um, men and sensitivities, and I don't want to manage their feelings like a psychiatrist. Excuse me, like what? That that is another thing that I'm like conflicted. That I'm just like kind of drove me heated a little bit, slightly, slightly. Um, it's not okay to be making comments about people. And specifically, men and how they feel, because you know, men are humans and they feel things. So, like, for her to be saying that's just like, it's stupid. It's not okay. It's not acceptable at all. And then, and then she had also, okay, this uh, she had also, okay, did some really shady things that I find to be a bit problematic and wrong. So we found out maybe halfway through the book, we found out from the perspective of Aza, that Daisy had been basically um, writing a character that was based off of Aza. And then she wrote the character in a very uh, dramatic, no, not dramatic, but awful way. Like she's portraying her best friend in a, in a really awful, awful way. Like she's, she's self-centered. She only thinks about herself. Oh my God. I when I when I found out about that I was so heated I was so angry for for Aza because if my friend say if I'm like the one who is being written about because you know Daisy writes fan oh did I not oh my gosh I suck Daisy writes fan fiction um for uh by uh of Star Wars and you know one of the characters that she's writing uh is supposed to be a uh, is supposed to be Aza, and if if it's me and I found out that my friend has been writing a character that was based off of me and, you know, portraying them in such a shady way, I would not be happy. I, I, I think I'd be pretty mad. So that's some another shady thing that Daisy had said. Um... Yeah, so Daisy, basically, in my opinion, is kind of just a little bit problematic. She had said some things, she had done some things that um, she didn't face any sort of consequences for or went through any sort of self-reflection and realized how wrong she was. As much as I try not to, like, uh, as much as I don't want to do this in her defense, yeah, sure, when people are mad, when people are angry and they are occupied by fury 
they say some really awful things to people that they later regret. But that was not the case for Daisy. She did not went through any sort of self-reflection and realized that she was wrong or anything. She just went on with her life. And that's, that to me was kind of a problem. So my problem isn't really the fact that she had said those things and she had done those things, but she, the fact that she had done and said those things and not facing anything. Um, so that's, that's no good, son. I, I, I do not support that at all. And I don't like that aspect of the book. Okay, now I, I'm going to go through some other things that I think were done well. And this, in this case, I would say the use of technology. The use of technology in this one, I think it's, it's done so, so well, actually. Like, we have these teenagers who are using Block, who are texting, who are Skyping. And that is great, you know? That's how um, teenagers in the modern world function and work and live. So that's pretty great that, you know, John Green managed to, um, uh, I would say, write about teenagers using technology and using social media and pretty realistically. Um, I I think John Green is in his early 40s or something, but he writes writes, uh, teenagers, I think, pretty well. Um, So I'm surprised to see that. Um, Yeah. And now we can move on to the plot. Okay, so for the plot, I do have a lot of things to say. I said a lot of things about characters. Now we can finally move on to the plot. Um, I have quite a bit to say on this plot because I am a little kind of not exactly disappointed, but I think there it could have been better. I'm not really the biggest fan of the whole mysterious bis- missing of billionaire thing. I just don't think it's that well done. Like it was mentioned a little bit in the beginning. Like it was, it started with that missing billionaire, and then that's how the book began. And then we could, uh, we followed that journey of them trying to investigate, and then it ended. Like that, that whole plot was resolved halfway through the book because they were chasing after the reward and then when Davis gave them the reward they were like we, we no longer need to find this and I was kind of like what like that's the whole plot it was resolved halfway through the book like why and with like no effort at all and then it was mentioned again like in the end I don't I don't think why John Green need, needed to wrap it up like by the end of this at all like I don't see why he needed to do that but let's just say he did that and then they found the body of Russell Pickett Russell 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 Pickett by accident like and then you know as John Green tried to wrap the you know the plot up it was done by accident. Like they just happened to come across come across the body, and like it's just it's just not well done in my opinion. Like if you're starting with a plot that um, markets itself as this like mysterious and detective story, and then in the end they just manage to solve everything by accident with no effort. Like what what kind of plot is that? What kind of storyline is that? So. Not really the biggest fan of that um, at all. It was also the plot of like the 
you know, they, I don't just, I don't get why he needs to feel, uh, to include the story of a villain at all, because it just kind of exists there a little bit in the beginning of the book, and then a little bit at the back of the book, and then in the middle, as we were reading the story, there was, like, very, very barely there. Like, it's very barely there, the story, I guess. I think I would have enjoyed it more if, if we were following a different plot, but, yeah, it's just not that well done, in my opinion. Um... Another thing that I think I'd like to comment on is uh, probably this is editing me from the future. And I also want to talk a little bit about the ending before the other thing I want to talk about. So the ending. To me, the ending was so incredibly wrapped up. Like it's wow, John Green. I love it so much because I think it's the most realistic an ending could get. In the beginning of the book, you see Aza suffering. And in the end, she still suffers. Um, but, you know, she gets slightly better, but not like she completely heals by the end of the book. If that's what you're looking for, like a happy ending where the main character ending up with her love interest and everything heals and everything gets better... That's not the ending at um, in the case of Turtles All the Way Down. It just ended with a slight hope. She gets a little bit better. She did not end up with Davis as her love interest. And that's I think that's realistic. Like a lot of YA books just end it like the most generic way possible. So that's why I really appreciate the ending of Turtles All the Way Down. I think it's like realistic and it's like, you know, it's applicable to life. Um, you get slightly better, but not completely. You don't, like, you don't heal entirely. So that's something I can always appreciate from John Green. I don't think it's, like, too dramatic or anything. I just think it's, like, just just so great, man. I, I When I think of the ending, it just makes me smile because everything gets wrapped up really nice. I also really like the fact that throughout the book, you kind of have hope. And, you know, she's longing and you know longing with his hope and it's just really really nice to see that being in the under the uh, circumstances and being in the conditions that she's in just really see kind of like how she's slightly hopeful in that and that's great seeing like she doesn't feel entirely hopeless throughout and by the end she uh, she's not completely healed, but she she still has again hope. So that is something I really liked about the ending, and that's all I'm gonna say. Now we can move on to the other part, which I want to talk about: Aza and her mental illnesses. I think this is probably the most important aspect of the book, and that's why I'm kind of covering it last because it's you know it's important, and I want to get those things out of the way before finally mentioning this. So we are experiencing whatever Aza is experiencing. And again, like I said a million times, it was really intense and it was really hard. Um, she suffers from OCD and anxiety in these forms of thought spirals. These thought spirals are basically when she thinks about one thing and then these thoughts come to her continuously and she can't really control that. So she, when she thinks about one thing, her mind just focuses Focus, focuses on that thing for like quite a bit of time and then she can't stop thinking about it. she had no control 
um, whatsoever on it. Um, one way it, you know, that thought spiral affected her was uh, presented with a really, really realistic and a hard and intense example. It was when Davis and Aza kissed and she had to stop because she was thinking about how bacteria affected, I don't know, how um, Davis is transferring bacteria from his mouth to hers. And she had to stop kissing because it was so, like she kept thinking about it and how, uh, you know, it's kind of gross if you think, if you put it that way. And then she had to stop. And then later afterward, she told Davis that, you know, I can't really kiss you because, you know, I can't you have these thought spirals and it's really hard for me because I kept thinking about this. Uh, that's just one example of how it can affect her life. And this is just like one minor example, okay? There's so many things that it could affect your life and um, impact your life and how you live. So that's just one way. Um, there was a scene where I like literally freaking flipped out because it was so intense, it was so real. The scene where she had to drink hand sanitizer. Oh my God, that was the most terrifying thing I had ever read in a very, very, very long time. It's so, it's just, it felt so real. It felt like, I don't know, it just felt like she was a person who was genuinely trying to, you know, help herself. Also, uh, there's this, um, she also has th- this thing of, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure about this, but she has this thing, this thing where she harmed herself, like cut a little bit of finger, a little bit of her finger, and then to feel, and to feel that she's a person when she's, you know, physically hurt, it tells her that she's a person and not fictional or whatever her mind thinks of herself as. That was insane. That part, again, flipped me out. There were so many parts that flipped me out, but that was just one of those scenes where I felt like, wow, this is insane. It's so incredibly uh, hard to go through and to realize that many, many people had to go through this thing um, on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's hard. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to say at this point because it was so hard. And for this reason alone, I think that this book, this, for this reason alone, I think that this book is absolutely incredible and it's so phenomenal at shedding light um, on this. Again, on beh- I can't really speak on behalf of how realistic it was, but um, I can say that it felt real. It felt real to me and can finally understand someone's head. And so to wrap it up, this book is, in my opinion, opinion, it's more character driven. It, it explore one person's mind really, really well. And I think that John Green had done a really, really great job at, um, conveying what it was like for him to suffer from OCD um, and conveying that in the most realistic and the most intense way possible 
But again, some of the plot and some of the things that the character had done, I'm not really a fan of. But overall, it's a great book um, for just that one reason alone, like I mentioned. So to wrap uh Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. And um, yeah, if you're my friend and I forced you to listen to this and you made it this far, then I'm very, very thankful. Um, Anyway, I'll talk to you in my next podcast. Bye.